it's always been a tough industry, Huck, and it's always been a challenge. And you know, you do have to take the, you do have to have the, hold on to the passion and you know, and hold on to those good things because there's a lot that can, um, can um, cause the issues behind the scenes. So it's almost like we got given a time to stop and breathe, and hopefully the road back is maybe a little bit more navigated. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Over the last year, we've talked to many people about taking time to reflect, shifting priorities and finding themselves. No matter what walk of life, what industry, what role, the major upheaval has developed some amazing clarity for many about what is truly important and what isn't. Recognising the need for a shift in the paradigm is one thing, but making the changes can pose its own challenges. Tom Walton is the executive chef of the Dolphin Hotel, Bondi Beach Public Bar and Hotel Harry's. Tom, how are you going? G'day, Huck. I'm well, mate. How are you? I'm good. Good to catch up, mate. It's been a while been a since while. Uh, between drinks. Yeah. Between... Um, between um... Clams, I think, almost. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, we won't go into that, the story of that trip to New Zealand. Some of those stories are better left unsaid. But, um, mate, you are a hell of a busy chef. Um, but uh, the, the sort of the events of the last year have forced you to sort of take a step back at the moment. Can you tell us about where you're at? Yeah, well, I mean, I think like for a lot of us, and, you know, and for you, I'm sure it's similar. It's, um, you know, life, life can just get. It can you know just drift and get out or well, not drift but just get out of control a bit and things happen and whether it's work life kids everything like that and I think for that um you know the events of last year and you know did to a lot of people was kind of take breath and um I you know I was um you know the, we had the bucket list in our group um you know I was looking after about four venues we'd opened quite a few um I had I had a third kid on the way, <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't just I wasn't playing around. But um, <laughs> but you know then those then those um breaks got put on. Um, and I I suppose you know a lot you know a lot of people a lot of people talked about you know there was a silver lining where it made us stop and everything like that. And I kind of I really wanted to make sure I you know took that when things kind of did open back up and I did a lot of thinking and soul searching and everything else. And I think having our third child as well during you know we had in july like i mean july last year um which was you know my wife was a little bit terrified when everything was going on and um it was but you know bringing someone beautiful new child into the world was an amazing thing but it just made me look at time you know and it's something i've always valued but it can get away from you really quickly um and so yeah just yeah we definitely um shifted a little bit in the in the respect of just where i place that time now um so i've i've tried to slow it down a little bit um take a little break and um you know just also con- continue on with some things that i suppose i've had passion for still in the food world and the food scene but um yeah just giving a bit more time to those things as well um so yeah take us back to that time you sort of mentioned you're a hell of a busy person with like a multiple venues that are really big operations and and a family to run as well um and you, as you mentioned a third child during the pandemic um when when all of that just stopped after 
you know, operating at such a high level. What sort of impact did that have on you? Um, I think at first it was, well, like, to be honest, leading up to that whole period where it all stopped, it was pretty stressful in terms of trying to, you know, that was the beginning when everyone was trying to work out how to navigate through all the different, you know, guidelines coming out and everything like that. You know, it was kind of that feeling of like, we wanted to stay open to make money, to employ people, to operate, but should we be open in the community and like, you know, cause it was, it was a really stressful time. So it was almost like a bit of a relief in a way that there was kind of like, okay, like there was that relief at first and then it was, um, all right, well, what's, you know, what's going to happen? How long is this going to last? Um, but the concentration just went straight, you know, we were having a baby in you know a couple of months. So the concentration just went, all right, let's, um, you know, let's just, I mean, make the most of this time we have now and, um, you know, keep my wife unstressed for, you know, the pending birth and everything like that. Um, so that was a, that was a major factor and everyone kind of went into a bit of a hibernation. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, I think we do what a lot of people do. We went back to some good old things, baked some bread. <laughs> and, um, um, but you know, we tried to like, you know, say, find that silver lining. I mean, there was obviously financial and, um, things to consider and implications of everything. But then there was also a lot of other things, um, I think some more creativity sprung from it, from it. Um, some definitely gave space to things, which then allowed for other things to come in. And yeah, I think it was one of the main things that really experienced at that time. Um, we had also all these staff, we had like, you know, half the hospitality industry was built off sponsored staff. So we had a lot of those guys wondering what they were going to do. Um, you know, they weren't getting the support, you know, from the government. Um, and so it was just, yeah, there was a lot of questions out. It was right at the beginning. There's so many questions, so many personally, professionally, um, in the in, in, a, in a management role, in a group, in a leadership role. But then, you know, you have to come back to your own life and home and you've got so many questions there as well. So, it was, you know, like I, I think that, that stoppage gave a bit of space to those things um, and allowed, just allowed a little breathing room as well. You've uh, been in the decade in the industry for two decades now. You're still quite young, though, um, and taking on so much. You mentioned briefly that there were other passions in food that aren't necessarily in restaurants, and you've had time to think about those and exploring those. Well, what do they entail? Um, so, I mean, I've always loved things. I mean, it's it's quite been those things that have happened during the time of you've had. Um, you know, in the last six years, um, I mean, social media and the technology and the way we can reach people, inspire people, um, and, you know, grow as a community of, of all, have all grown in themselves. And, um, so I've had a, I've had a passion for always teaching. I suppose that's always transitioned into the industry and like sharing things. And that's where you, I suppose you do become that, that in that leadership role where in kitchens where you are teaching younger chefs and other chefs and apprentices and you are leading people and inspiring people in that realm. Um, and then what I suppose those technologies done is where you can share that with more people um, through social media, through, you know, things like podcasts through all that stuff. So it's um, for me, it was able to, I suppose, really tell the story with my own food. Um, you know, you do have, I was working, I work in restaurants and everything, which have their own vibes and have their, which I, you know, create for and um, lead those. But I also have like an upbringing that is very Middle Eastern and that is very natural and 
a lot of it's plant driven. Um, so I really enjoyed being able to have a, I suppose, um, unadulterated platform to really share those things. Um, and, you know, it became where I was able, you know, to work with brands and monetize that. And, you know, so I've really picked up on that side of things as well now. Um, so yeah, those are the passions that, you know, now I can, I've given a bit more space to, um, and they've just, again, they've happened organically, they've grown, um, and I'm able to, you know, spend a bit more time on that, which is an amazing thing. Um, you mentioned the vegetarian side of things and, and Middle Eastern influence with your cooking. I remember some of the videos you did, um, sort of middle of last year, um, where you were cooking sort of the food that you don't normally see in your venues. Has this period of time changed you as a chef or just allowed you to dig deeper into, into your roots? I think it's, a, it's allowed me to dig deeper into my root as a chef. It's allowed me to dig deeper. Um, I've probably given myself that, that allow, permission as well, I suppose you could say. Um, and that space has given that. And I think, I think a part of that is it happens, uh, you know, day to day venues are running and everything's going. I mean, you, you know, by the time you get out of the house in the morning with the kids and you're in the venues and you're doing that, like there's no time for any of that. Um, so that space gave, you know, you kind of look back to those, those memories and that's always shaped, I suppose, my cooking style as I've evolved as a chef through French cuisine, you know, from Bistro Moncur, you know, um, modern, you know, Dali's like the modern Australian restaurants, things like that. They've all left their little mark, but um, it has always come back to that driven and Middle Eastern style, which was when I was at my youngest. Um, and I've always brought that back in um, and seeing the, the response from people, um, you know, in the general public when you share that and they love it just as much, you know, it's an amazing feeling. Um, and it just, it, it kind of inspires you to keep going more. Let's go back to those early days um, when you first got sort of inspired by food. I know you started your career in the Blue Mountains. What, what, what got sort of you interested in being a chef um it's a question obviously that gets asked a lot to a chef you know what where did it all start but um i think it starts uh I, to be honest there's a mixture and i think for me i, I think there's a mix i think for most chefs if you dig down there's i mean some some you know have no food food um ex, you know exposure to food at a young age and they just venture into a kitchen one day as a kitchen and they fall in love with it, you know, but I think there's a drive, there's a competitive drive there a little bit. There's a bit of a, you got to have a bit of, bit of ego going on there as well. I think as a young chef when you're coming up, um, but it came back to me from, um, you know, I did, I grew up in the blue mountains and when I was, I was lucky enough, my parents were English poms um, over on the boats in the 70s. So I had no, no um, grandparents or anything, but um, over here, um, but I had a Nadima and Lebanese lady who lived next door and she brought me up like a grandson. Um, so wow. I was exposed to, I was three, four making baba ganoush and I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just playing kind of thing, you know, like <laughs> we were planting corn and tomatoes and picking parsley for tabbouleh and I was walking around the garden picking chilies and eating them and dipping them in salt and like just all these, like learning to pick dandelion and all these like, you know, purslin from the garden to make spinach, like make grass, we called them grass pies because it looked like we were just picking up grass from the garden, but it was all this stuff in between <laughs> the weeds. It's like a weed pie basically. But like, you know, I was five, this was in the, you know, nineties, early nineties kind of thing before any of that was a thing, you know? Um, 
learning what flowers to eat. Like she just, that's what she did. She lived in a garden kind of thing. Um, so that for me, it was play. And I, I went off and was a teenager and a bit of a troublemaker and didn't like school, all the usual stuff. Um, and then I finally, I was 17 and I went, look, I'm going to, I started to get interested in it again. Um, I was doing hospitality at school and things and I just applied for a job and I was like, if I get it, I'll take it. If not, I'll um, see what else there is. But, um, you know, I got an apprenticeship and I dived right in and yeah, fast forward 20 years and (laughs) you, um, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a journey. Um, But I think it was definitely those early days and, you know, as you get older, you find yourself more and you're in, especially when you're into those, you know, you can really express yourself more. You learn how to, it's kind of like you've, you've learned how to walk and then you learn how to really like run, you know, um, you learn the skills, you learn the techniques, the foundations, and then you get into positions where you can, you know, you learn the emotive side of it a lot more and how you can, you know, I suppose, you know, you, you know, biggest experience for me was at Bistro Moncur where it was, it was more than food. It was like, it was the staff, the way you talk to it. That's where the, I suppose any ego that I had got knocked out of me in a lot of ways as a chef, because it, it became like you would hold the door for each other. It doesn't matter who you are. You'd make someone a coffee if they wanted one. Like it was a very lovely experience behind the scenes as well as what went on in the restaurant. Um, and that came from, you know, the, came from Damien and the top. Um, and you learn, you know, I held on to that for from till now really um yeah you, you mentioned uh, the bucket list um and you know your executive chef of the dolphin hotel bondi beach public bar hotel harry's really big venues with different offerings what, what does it take to create a menu for for that sort of environment um well i think like yeah i mean the bucket list we've you know we had that for 10 years um hopefully be opening it back up this summer and we'll um that was a learning experience coming from two hat restaurants to massive all day dining on the beach kind of thing. Um, that was a, you know, that was a huge, that was the first time I'd kind of gone to that level. And then, yeah, so you, you really have to, I mean, I suppose that's why that's, you know, that's what led me to go and slow down a little bit because you are taking a, like, in a creative, you know, if you go down into the inside your brain on the creative level, your brain's operating at, you, you're definitely taking it away. You know, you're taking yourself out of it a lot and you're going, what, what are these venues? What is the customer expecting to experience when they come in here? You know, um, and you're really digging deep there and you, you know, you've got to, you almost got to, you know, switch in between those quite often, um, those thought patterns a lot. Um, so it is, you do get quite exhausted creatively from it. Um, but you do, yeah, it does take a lot. Um, but that's what happens with over time as well. It becomes, you know, uh, you, you can kind of tap into that a lot quicker. Um, but the biggest thing I think is to remember, you know, for me in those roles, in those venues is what we actually want to achieve in those venues. And ultimately it comes back to people feeling invited and welcomed and getting the experience they would expect in that venue and not trying to be anything that it's, not you know um and that's the biggest thing i've learned in you know i suppose in hospitality is you know if you're on the beach what do you want to eat what do you feel like you know if you're um if you're in the you know if you're in the dolphin if you're in in a city surrey hills kind of thing a little bit edgy a little bit you know um what do you want to what are you feeling what do you want to eat um why are you there kind of thing have you stumbled across it or have you you know then there's those experiences where people 
you know, they, they've already thought about, they love the place. They, they go there once a week. They, before they leave home, they know what they're going to eat kind of thing. I think it's important to keep those kind of dishes and vibes always in the venues and on the menus um, where people are, you know, that's where you become that, I suppose, those long-standing, um, yeah, long-standing hospitality institutions. Your food has always crossed different uh, cultures and cuisines and at its heart, it's always about quality produce, texture, color, um, but abundance and sharing. Um, and, and it's a common thread through all of your venues. Do you think the food in the venues will change given the experience you've had in the last year? Um, I mean, not so much. I mean, I think the, the harder, the, the, not harder, the, the challenge now in the industry is to, you know, the way we operate um, and the, you know, the way diners operate as well now and what people, you know, what they want to experience, but what they'll pay for that experience and things like that. But I think the, everything evolves and I think it needs to. Um, I think when we reopen the bucket list, it'll be, it will be, it'll be a different experience than the old bucket list. And that's something we've definitely, we've planned for and we've already put in, you know, in place in, um, tenders and tender documents and things like that where it's the it's the bucket list 2.0 it's a little bit more shiny a little bit more polished but still has that bondi feel to it um the original one was an original pop-up you know um that lasted for 10 years which is an amazing thing but um you know that that will evolve um and again like you know harry's and um public bar they've they've evolved over the years as well so i i definitely think they will um but it's just it's, it's about being able to offer the experience to the customer, but being able to make, you know, the, this is the business side of it as well kind of thing. And it has to make sense at the back end. Um, and I think that's been the biggest challenge and the biggest way things will change coming out of the events of last year and COVID and things like that will be to make that all come together and add up, but still being an exciting venue for people to come and visit. Um, you mentioned a bit earlier, uh, how you like to mentor and train younger chefs coming into the industry and um, inspiring people is really important just for your own, um, for yourself and also for their careers moving forward. You're probably the fittest chef I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It scares me. Some of your workouts that I've seen on social media, but um, you've sort of, uh, tapped into something with a, with a bunch of chefs and challenging each other. Can you tell us about um, what's going on with this sort of fitness regime that you guys have? Right, it's, I think it's, again, fitness has always been a big part of my life. Um, it's always got me through a lot of hard times from high school through to, um, you know, my life now. It's been an equalizer for me and like a, I suppose it's kind of like a car battery. If you just leave it, it goes dead. So for me, it needs a, pretty big run to jump start it again um and keep it running so you know it's it's um what's going on now i think it's amazing to see you know chefs you know really want to get fit and i think it's come it's a coming of age thing i think when you start to notice of that people around you it's where it's kind of where everyone's coming up it's like when you look around all your friends are having babies you're like is everyone having babies or are we just getting to that age where everyone has babies kind of thing you know like <laughs> it's kind of like is everyone getting fit or is we just come to that age where everyone's like oh shit i'm not immortal i've got to um i've got to get fit you know 
um, I've drunk enough, I've drunk enough wine and tests over the years. I've got to, you know, got to do something else. But, you know, I think if you want to be at the top of your game and you want to get up every morning and jump out of bed and you've, you've got kids or you don't, but you want to be good at what you do, I mean, there's a level of, um, you know, it doesn't have to be extreme. There's a level of fitness and has such good effects on you. I think mental health has been a massive thing that's happened in the industry and come to the forefront in the hospitality industry and many industries in life. Um, and, you know, having that, having those outlets other than, you know, whatever they might be, alcohol, drugs, anything else, um, that is a fitness thing. I think it's, it's an amazing, um, resource to have, um, for chefs. So yeah, there's been a, you know, there's plenty of guys out there who cycle, you know, I cycle a lot. I've actually got 800 Ks coming up this weekend, but, um, wow. We, um, we, but I, I do, I think I have that extreme personality, um, which is why I suppose I tried to you know, do a lot and I've, I've tried to manage that, but, um, you know, whether it's with, um, you know, Jace Roberts or Jordan Toft or any of those guys, like, yeah, you see them doing something. We kind of challenge each other in some burpees and all of your social media or something like that. And it's, it's, it's good. It's nice. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a community. It's a common thread. Um, and it's great to see people, um, you know, using that in a positive light. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Um, but there's guys that get out there, you know, cycling's cycling's big in the chef community. Um, and it's just, a, it's amazing. You just get out there, you know, you can't look at your phone. No one can contact you. It's kind of like surfing a bit. It's just you and the, the wind, the rain, whatever it is. Um, it's an amazing, amazing outlet. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's awesome. And I've, you know, anyone that ever needs any, um, inspiration advice or, you know, wants to go for a little trot, anytime can always um can always reach out to me on um socials and i'm always happy to um you know happy to motivate in any way i just know the power of it it's been like i said it's been over covid and before then it's always you know always got me through everything to be honest with you um yeah it's got a powerful powerful mental um effect more than physical really given the impact of the last year and that yearning that you have for that work-life balance uh how do you see the food industry and that sense of community um and local moving forward given what's just happened in the last year to the food industry um i think it's i mean i think i think everyone's probably got a little bit more humble um in the last you know the last year if, if they weren't already um and a bit more supportive um i think from the public you know i think they you know whether it's I mean, I think as a community as well, like from the bushfires through the pandemic, like, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, and Aussies do that well, I think, but everyone's kind of really come together a lot more. Um, so I think, it, I think it'll have a really positive, positive effect. Yeah. So as a community, I think, yeah, I mean, I think we will be, you know, people, and I think it's happened also just through, to be honest, like, again, through technology, like people are closer, they reach out more. They talk, you know, it, it, as, as much as there was a bit of an anti-social thing with social, I think it has, I've definitely seen it make things more social and more connected. Um, and, you know, people are happy to, uh, I feel like people are happy to be more supportive and, um, yeah, I, I think it's having positive effects um, and it will continue to have that. You're currently um, on a sabbatical from your role, but no doubt still connected uh, to what's going on, especially with the bucket list opening uh, later this year. 
Um, what does the next year or two look like for you? Will it be vastly different, your role, to what it has been? Um, yeah, it will be. I mean, there was a bit of a growth um, growth plan, um, which I've stepped out of um, because I did want to... Um, I was, you know, going to take on two or three new venues um, outside of those ones already. Um, but everything... The biggest thing is that I've you know, coming of age and, you know, you've got a, three kids and a wife, like hospitality is like, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a job. Um, and so you, your family kind of, it's not just you doing it, your family does it with you. So I had to make that choice where I was that, you know, my family won't, my family won't be able to do this, you know, um, because it does take a lot and, you know, I don't want to, um, these are, yeah, these are some precious years and I want to hold on to them. So, you know, I want to be able to navigate that. So in the next couple of years, um, right. <laughs> there's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. We'll take it, we'll take it year by year at the moment, I think. <laughs> no, we're, you know, we've been in Sydney for a long time, whether we stay here, whether we, um, move out, my wife's from, um, Northern Rivers, um, you know, up in Mullum. Um, so, you know, she's itching to get there. Um, half of Sydney's up there anyway, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, you know, whether it's, um, wherever we are, yeah, like I love, I love Sydney. I love Bondi. I'm connected, um, in many ways through business and community. Um, so I think yeah, it'll definitely be in the hospitality space, but where, where that might be in two years might, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a changing, it's a, it's still a changing beast you mentioned that um hospitality is not a job it's a lifestyle and the family is um along for the ride as well and that has has an effect on your decisions that you make well, what's your hope moving forward with changes to the industry um coming out of this situation what's some positives that you think could be implemented um i think it's gonna be a, it's a, it's a it's a challenge. Like this industry is built, like, I mean, so many industries are built on passion and time and, you know, giving that extra, extra inch kind of thing. Um, but I think, you know, not in a negative way, but I think, I think COVID's made everyone be a little bit more selfish in, in a, in a way, you know, in terms of like looking back at what they need and what they can do to um, balance that a bit more, um, you know, balance, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a funny word um in terms of it's i think it's something you always it's kind of like happiness sometimes you got to look and go maybe it maybe it's already here kind of thing <laughs> as opposed to i'm always chasing it um but it's you know i think i hope it has a positive effect i think there's, there's going to be half that's going to be make up for what we lost and you know right back in it and gung-ho um and then, you know, I think there'll be some, you know, and I know there's a lot of people in hospitality and some, some sadly through closure of business and some through their own choices have stepped away from it because it has, you know, it was that last straw, um, you know, broke the camel's back kind of thing. But um, I think it'll make people be, look at their time a lot differently, um, you know, and I can only speak for myself here. Um the challenge is that so many businesses are coming out of this with, you know, 
it's not the it's not a, the highest cash flow kind of um industry um but they're coming out of this in a tr- in a difficult space and it's, it's hard to it, like i said it wasn't it, it there's a lot of you know there's trouble with you know um fair, there's a lot of fair work stuff happening in this industry before um before covid that was kind of you know um causing a lot of issues and things like that so there's a few little things in there that i think need to straighten themselves out probably over the next decade um and there's not one answer to it to be honest with you it's it comes you know the hardest thing is that there's a whole lot of sponsored chefs that aren't even in the country um that the industry needs to grow again um if it is going to grow um otherwise it's just going to be that forced people's forced hands so i where it's you know it's it's back into a i suppose not not the best space for everyone so not not trying to be too much of a downer on it but it's um it's a, <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's always been a tough industry huck and it's always been a challenge yeah and you know you do have to take the you do have to have the hold on to the passion and you know and hold on to those good things because there's a lot that can um can um cause the issues behind the scenes and like i said before covid the industry was already struggling for chefs um then a lot of the workforce has left um during it um some have stepped away or been you know forced to step away um and then they're probably you know um thinking about what they're doing but you know and then there are there are a lot of businesses and groups expanding at the same time and taking you know there's opportunity out there um so it's almost like we got given a time to stop and breathe and hopefully the road back is maybe a little bit more navigated um because i know in my lifetime before covid it was kind of i mean there was a little little financial crisis that we didn't really get that much of kind of thing but it was it was just up and up you know it was kind of everyone you, you just keep everything just keep grow, growing and growing and growing and um you know every week you everyone would be like you know i mean it is a good thing you know it's an exciting thing to open venues and restaurants but you're just like another one's opening another one's opening another one's opening you're like where are these guys fighting chefs where are they coming from you know like where's the staff coming from like you know it was always a thing and um so i think i just think uh, you know hopefully it'll be a, a positive um you know and more well thought out track back for a lot of people and businesses and things like that um but it is a challenge as well it's it's a, it's a low margin um challenging industry um so yeah you mentioned that uh, the bucket list will uh reopen in a new form uh, it's a, been around for a decade and a real institution in bondi um what, what's exciting you about uh what's what's going to happen with that space um well it's given us i mean we took over an existing kind of business and you know in 2011 the first day of first day of summer i think it was and basically gave ourselves a week and turned it over and opened as a pop-up you know what i mean so we didn't have and then we're on our feet running and then kind of did the work did the rest of it behind so this has kind of given us you know we've we've done a lot of the work on the you know tender and architecture and even menu vibes and design like six months ago now so we've we've had that space to really what are we what's the what you know we've we've got a shell how are we really going to make this um you know big long lease iconic most iconic beach in australia um so there's some you know we're uh, yeah there's some cool things happening we want to be able to service the beach better with a bucket list takeaway as well as the venue um so uh, you know a bit more um yeah just a bit more 
Mm, kind of not sleeker, but holding on to that Bondi vibe, but just bringing those, I suppose, international kind of um, beachside venues into the fray as well there. Um, so, yeah, we'll be at a, a lot more outdoor seating, um, still in different part of the pavilion, um, but still in the pavilion. Um, so better access to the um, the park and everything like that. So it'll be really exciting. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, like I said, we had a kitchen that we kind of just took over. We're redesigning this kitchen. We'll have the opportunity to put in, um, you know, raw bars, things like that. So, yeah, it'll be kind of combining the old, bit of the old bucket list with where we want it to be in the next 10 years. Well, it sounds pretty exciting, mate, and it sounds like uh, the changes in you could uh, present something quite exciting as well for our, our food industry. Mate, love catching up with you, Tom. Um, please keep in touch, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Huck. Appreciate it, man. You can take care. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.